final session very here. last one our final Friday session on the word amen from dr. Nije Gupta's lecture wow we made it to this point this is so stunning um, we're very excited to be with you all very excited to be with mm -hmm. you all and can't wait to um, present to you the discussion that is to follow enjoy enjoy dr. Doak where are you today I'm in a burning room where are you I'm on the Battlestar Galactica today for our last Oh, mission. Of course you are. Um, mm -hmm. Big fan of the show. It's available for free now on the Sci-Fi channel. Just out there. Like for anybody. Yep. The whole thing. That's gospel right there. Good news. Mm. Yep. <laughs> what a long, strange journey this has been. I can't believe we made it. We're, we've, we've all made it. We're, I, I, we're surviving. We're thriving. I'm thankful. Are you thriving, would you say, in this moment, like as a human being, as a professor, as a Christian, would you say, I am thriving? Oh, no, no, no. I would say that this is definitely a season of, of difficulty. And, and, you know, our family hasn't had to endure some of the worst parts of this crisis. My, my spouse works at a, a hospital, so it's been scary times in our household. Um, and I'm an extroverted gal. So, of course, this is not like my favorite season of life. I'm, I'm happy to be here, though. How about you? Well, I've debated, you know, like, it's like I have all these problems and so on, like everybody, but then I'm like, well, maybe I'm doing okay though. You know, even all things considered, like even, cons I love how this background like hides my hands. It's so yeah. I'm like, ah! It won't <laughs> be so great though. It'd be so great. I mean, this has been, a, this has been in some ways to direct this course with you, oh students. This has been such a joy, but it's a lonely task too, you know, and now we're exactly. left with a situation where we can't have this final reunion that we had hoped, um, that we had hoped to have, you know, with yeah. everyone kind of coming back and it would be like this farewell tour and instead here we are from um from the battle star and from the uh from the burning room it's just weird right and yeah it oh wait wait hey. who's coming into the room oh it's dr hey. claire what's oh, up hey. how are you guys oh it's so good to see you hey. where have you been all month yeah dr claire like they're rough okay. over in your neck of the woods there's something going on back oh. there. Oh yeah, no, that's just my pet dinosaur, T, and uh, his friend Jaws. They're just having a tussle back there. Well, what? Uh, where are you doing the quarantine from here today? Yeah, me. Yeah. I, you know, I caught wind of this early um, in January for my friends in Wuhan. I've been in Switzerland for the past few months, actually. So. <laughs> Good old neutral Switzerland. <laughs> oh, just seeing your face just reminds me of the lectures that you've delivered in our class, the panel appearances past, just being in there on the stage in Bauman. It's just that the memories are just flooding over me right now. Yeah, we're glad that you could be with us to say kind of a final farewell to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that we. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, hey! hey. Dr. Melissa Ramos, everybody. Dr. Hey, Ramos. Hey, hey. Dr. Welcome. Ramos is back. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. <laughs> what are you doing to survive the, the quarantine? Well, you know, 
I'm a little bit of a homebody, so quarantine isn't a huge stretch for me, but I will say this. Uh, my husband, Francisco, and I are both working from home now, so we have these Zooms happening all the time in our house, and I would say that before COVID-19 hit, our garden in the backyard especially was looking like a bit raggedy, you know? And now, you know, um, we've been spending more time outside in the garden because, you know, what else are you going to do? And um, it's, it's looking pretty ship-shaped back there now. So you're yeah. doing gardening, you know, and um, during COVID-19, during the pandemic, I'm still able to go out to the stable. Oh, wait a minute. From the fall semester, oh. he's been on sabbatical students, but he's back for you to remind you about the destruction of the patriarchy, as well as <laughs> many other things. <laughs> Dr. Yang, what a pleasure to see you. How's your family doing? Very good, very good indeed. I, I, I haven't missed being on the campus, by the way. So. Yeah. How have you been spending the sabbatical? It's been very productive, writing book and a couple of articles and, uh, meditating, praying, and I pray for you guys as, as well, for the students. So that's it's it. been very productive and prayerful. Oh, that's wonderful. Yay. That's Are you great. all uh, making it in your, your quarantine time? Not really. <laughs> I have a two and a half years old daughter and daycare is closed. So yeah, oh, oh, half of my sabbatical is being spent on childcare. So, <laughs> so sad. Hello, Dr. Zorzi, Dr. Graydon Zorzi. Now the last time we saw Dr. Zorzi in a Wizard of Oz-like appearance in Bauman, he was in New York City, he was trapped there. Are you still trapped in New York? I am. Oh man. Oh. Oh. What is it like to be at the epicenter of the, of the virus issue in the United States? What has your life been like? Uh, well, we wash down everything that arrives at the house with Clorox wipes and then uh, wash it all. If it's food that we can wash again with soap, we'll, you know, wash containers and milk cartons and stuff like that with soap. And we don't go anywhere or do anything. Uh, just get groceries delivered. It's uh, it's it's you know it's fine. We're just hanging out in the house, but we've been here for almost two months. Just uh, just not going anywhere or doing anything. If you need us to like cut your lawn or something at your house, just like send shoot me a text. Uh, I think <laughs> handle, like water your plants. Are your plants alive in your house? What's happening? Oh, we're good. We got people. We have people checking on it, so we're fine. Oh man. <laughs> Just, just seeing, seeing people's faces here just reminds me of, of all being together and just like what all of our rituals and routines were like in, in Bauman and how that worked. And Yeah, I, you know what? It is not the same. Um, I had to run to campus right before we had this call to grab something out of my office. And it was so lonely. Usually this time of year, there's like students on the lawn playing Frisbee and just doing kind of I don't know, traditional college -y type stuff like that. It made me, it made me sad. We miss all of you students. And um, here, here. I have a question for you all. What was, oh wait, oh, That's hey, Dr. Somebody else is connecting. Who's connecting? Oh, Dr. Garcia. Hey, hey. hey. Garcia. Dr. New Look Garcia, what happened to the beard? We last saw you. Oh, Dominic Don, Pastor Dominic. I'm <laughs> here as well. Uh, wonderful. Okay. Doctor. Oh, there's Pastor Dom. Hey, how are you, Doctor Garcia? What happened to the beard? I had to get rid of it. 
I had to get rid of it. It was just too much. Yeah. You can't risk <laughs> things. You can't risk germs being in it, you know? Exactly. So I, I went for the Tom Selleck slash Freddie Mercury type look instead. Yeah. Freddie Mercury is what I'm thinking. Exactly. Magnum P.I. Looking great, man. Looking great. Mm-hmm. Pastor Dom, nice you've got like floating behind you. Is that the virus floating That's behind the- you? <laughs> <laughs> it's the virus oh, oh no i knew it <laughs> i knew it i knew it i knew it oh and follow and dr oh dr gupta, oh, dr. gupta. gupta. Yay. hello everybody everything is fine says the wall behind you that's awesome is that actually true how are you doing dr gupta i'm doing great um getting a lot of quality time with the kids <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit of Netflix time, but uh, also working hard. Is your place the good place now, or what? This is the good place, or is it? Uh oh. is disappearing, so you may be between. <laughs> That's right. I love that background. Yeah. Well, friends, having a nine-way Zoom video thing is not easy to have the organic conversation we would have if we were all in person. How many times have we said that this spring in all of our classes? It's not like it would have been, but yet, hey, here we are, and we have, you know, I don't know, 20 minutes here just to talk together. And so Dr. Payne and I want to maybe target some questions to people, and who knows, maybe even chance can allow for organic responses, but we'll try to just like float a question out to you, and we'll cover everybody at some point here with something, but... Um, we just want to have a, have a kind of a concluding talk here um, in, in response to our final word of the creed. Amen. Is that cool with everybody? Mm. Good. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question for you all. Um, and it's some, I, I, I'd like to know just theologically how you all are thinking, or maybe not everybody, but I'd love to hear from a few of you. How are you thinking about this current moment? Um, like this is something that none of us have experienced in our lifetimes, but what, what are some of the theological themes we've talked about in the course that are like guiding your thinking right now? I think everyone at once. I'll, I'll jump in there just because it was an awkward silence. I mean, I think an interesting um, thing to reflect on is the importance of community. I mean, uh, we talked about that uh, in that last part of the creed, I believe, in the communion of saints, um, present and past. And so I think for us, uh, now that we're separated, uh, physically isolated from one another, we have this just emphasized need to, to be present to one another in new and different ways. But at least I'm, I'm thirsting and yearning to be with you all uh, and to see students again. And so I think this is just bringing us back to that, that, that fundamental human need, but also fundamental Christian need to gather, to be together, uh, to hear the word preached present, you know, in a, with, a, with a pastor or, or preacher, uh, and also to just engage in the things that we do uh, as Christians, but in person. So I don't know if others already felt that before this crisis, but I, I felt it in a whole new way. Yeah, just... Yeah, adding some to what Javier said. I really, I'm really thinking about the presence of Holy Spirit these days. Well, in the classroom world, in the church, we said the only presence of the Holy Spirit, but still we are together physically. But these days, we are everywhere. I mean, separately, but still we worship together and we hear the lecture together and talk to each other. 
separately but together with the Holy Spirit being present everywhere. So it's become a little more vivid. Mm. Or, yeah. mm. Dr. Ramos, Dr. Ramos, you're the lecturer we've heard. From, you're the lecturer we've heard from the least recently. So I wonder if you could chime back in here and say how how are you thinking about this moment theologically and intellectually as a professor, as a, as a Christian. What's been coming to my mind a lot as I think about this is the biblical practice of Sabbath, mm -hmm. and um, it's almost like an enforced Sabbath in some ways, in the sense of that it's, it's, it's a total disruption of uh, a weekly or, or normal routine. Um, well, most Sabbath practice in the Bible is sort of intentional, and maybe this is not exactly intentional in that sense. Um, in other ways, maybe it is intentional in the sense that we have to um, refrain from certain activities that we normally would be doing, um, refrain from a certain lifestyle of busyness. Well, that doesn't apply to everyone, especially not to, to healthcare workers. Um, I think for, for many of us, there simply is a bit more opportunity for prayer and reflection. And I think if we are considering that as, as part of a, a practice of Sabbath, how enriching that might be. So I, I guess part of me is really longing or thirsting or seeking to find some kind of silver lining in the cloud, some way in which God might use this um, quarantine time for, for opportunity for prayer and reflection. Mm. Mm. I wonder what if it were posed to, to the remaining people who haven't spoken, Dr. Zorzi, Claire, Gupta, and Pastor Dominic, like, do you think true or false? There's nothing that's true or not true now, spiritually, that wasn't true or not true last December or January. Nothing's changed. In terms I mean, of I think, do you think, yeah, that's I think it's filling us with like a greater sense of longing uh, for community, uh, for the renewal of all things. We talked about that in the Apostles' Creed. And also, I think, too, it's a good reflection when it comes to like the life of the church. You know, I'm working for a church right now. And um, you know, the church, it's a fascinating time because the church is built on people gathering together and worshiping together. Um, and so when that is no longer allowed to happen, okay, in what sense is the church the church? And what does that look like? And, you know, I, I ran across an atheist blogger who recently was kind of really excited about this moment because they're like, okay, this is it. This is the final death now for the church. And, and yet, I, I really feel that the church, Big C Church, you know, as we talked about in the Creed, the Catholic Church, Universal Church, is going to come out of this stronger um, than ever before. And the reason I think that is because, first of all, the church has gone through way worse than this um, throughout history, whether it's the Black Plague or the persecutions or Arius or whatever. And, and Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail. And sure, will it look different? Um, probably in some ways. Um, but I think the longing that's in people's heart for community and to connect with, with God in some sense, I think that's growing. In fact, like Pew Research just said that 19% of Americans, this is last week, say that their faith has increased as a result of this virus. So I think we're seeing greater longing. And I think when this is all lifted, we could see potentially uh, a renewal and awakening spiritually. What about you, Dr. Gupta? Um, yeah, I resonate with a lot of that. I think I'll I'll um, I'll steal Bonhoeffer away from uh, Dr. Garcia here and just say always um, Dr. Gupta always. <laughs> uh, you know, a couple things actually talking about German theology. A couple things come to mind. One is Bonhoeffer's concern for religion really addressing real life. He didn't like esoteric, uh, in theory only spirituality. One of the lines that sticks out for Bonhoeffer is only the suffering God can help. 
And to know that we have a God who knows suffering, who knows poverty or at least deprivation, uh, to know a God who knows physical pain, who, who had to mourn over the death of, of family members, uh, that's powerful. And then this kind of uh, echoes what uh, Pastor Dona said, but I, I, I recall a quote by Jürgen Moltmann, a, a, a European theologian, who once said, um, the Shema and the Lord's Prayer uh, were prayed in Auschwitz. Mm. And uh, I think by that he meant um, people didn't give up on religion in hard times. Mm. Um, there was something uh, that, you know, the Judeo-Christian tradition, um, yeah, it, it's resilient, uh, you know, just like this virus, but even more so. Uh, and and um, I, I love that about Jesus. I love that um, he, you know, in one sense, he doesn't scoop us away from the problems, but in another sense, he's always prepared us for this by basically saying, um, I, I commanded you not to worry um, and, and just to, to take it one day at a time. That's good. What about you, Dr. Clay? Yeah, something that's been coming to mind for me is um, that nothing has really changed in our situation um, from January until now. Um, certainly not our beliefs in the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. In some ways, all that's changed is our our plight as human beings has been, been made more obvious to us all as a whole, not just as a nation, but as a as a world. And that's not to diminish the suffering this is creating for some people, but it really is fascinating how easily we can deny our own mortality and weakness. There's a, one of my favorite books is called The Denial of Death by Ernst Becker, a psychologist. And it's just this fascinating study of how we're able to keep the thought of our own mortality at bay most of the time through like very small sort of future plans and uh, pleasures and entertainments and yet that's one of the great weaknesses of our condition that it's it's people the people we love and admire most have come to grips with their mortality in a deep way and i think more than that the gospel story the story embedded in this creed the idea that there already is a vaccine there's already a medicine a cure for the great pandemic that afflicts us all in sin and death is made in the medicine of Christ. I mean, I guess I've just been appreciating the story of hope that I live in in this time. And in a weird way, although I don't wish the suffering on anybody who's enduring it, I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to be snapped out of the normal for a moment to think about these things. Dr. Zorzi, what about you? How have you been thinking about this spiritually? Well, I think that... Um, one of the ways that I've been thinking about it is just in terms of holy history being closed, that salvation history is over when Christ ascends into heaven until he returns. Um, and so things can look better, can look worse at any given moment of history, but we know that God's battle to redeem his creation and to bring about his plans for this world and for our lives, that that battle has already been won. Um, and it's going to be a wild ride from here to there, but we shouldn't necessarily expect that when we're in times of peace, that those times of peace will last. We shouldn't expect that when we're in times of um, danger or 
insecurity that those times of danger and insecurity will last because it's just it's all over the place it's going to be a, it's going to be a wild ride but god has already won um and we're just we're just here to to trust him and to be faithful and serve him uh in whatever circumstance he puts us in well you know i know that um all of us all went to college uh in a much different season than when you know than the season that our students are in right now, but we've all um, been in unexpected times. And um, I would love to hear from any of you, what kind of advice do you have for students who are, they've just, most of the students in this class, they've just begun their college careers. Um, what advice do you have? And Specifically, what, do you, what advice do you have in terms of them carrying on their theological journey? So like, if, say there's something that just really captured their imagination in the course or, or made them really mad or just challenged them or was really encouraging them. Like, how should they move forward? How should they um, continue their journey? Um, I'll, I'll jump in there. Uh, so I don't, I, I'm just reflecting on my own time when I was in college and I remember senior year was really tough for me just because I tend to be quite future oriented. And so I remember, uh, you know, there were, it wasn't really clear what was going to happen after college. I didn't know if I should go to grad school or get a job. Uh, I didn't know if I should study theology, go into ministry, or do something else entirely. I was kind of considering all the options. It was quite overwhelming. And I remember that launched me into a pretty serious period of, of prayer, you know, just thinking and, and praying and really just crying out to God, asking for guidance. And at the time, it was really difficult. You know, I just felt overwhelmed by so many choices and the uncertainty of the future. And so I can only imagine that for our students, that's compounded by um, so many questions, whether it's about health or, or the economy or, you know, the big question mark over the future that we're all facing. And so uh, just seeing where God has brought me and how faithful he has been uh, and seeing that, you know, a, dec a decade on, more than a decade on, things have, have worked out. There may have been some difficult moments, but, uh, you know, by God's grace, uh, you know, I am here. Uh, and so I, I just want to encourage the students to say that God will make a path. God will make a way and God will hear our prayers. And there's always hope even when we can't see it. So I think that uh, that scriptural, um, that, that scripture, that verse, that the righteous will live by faith and not by sight is something that we can all take away from this experience. Yeah, I would say, I would just echo that, that there, there's a movement in the creed from I believe to I hope. Um, as you get to the latter part of the creed, you kind of move away from believing things about the past, about creation and incarnation to hoping in these future things to come. And I think it's the same muscle inside of the soul to believe things and to hope in things mm -hmm. that are not totally seen. They're promised, but they're not realized. And our lives are filled with that, that need for faith and hope to, that's what allows us to endure things, to pay, be patient in our endurance. And I remember this very distinctly. I fell in love with my wife when I was 21 or whatever in college. And she dumped me like a bag of rocks after we graduated. And 
I so wanted to to marry her and it took like another like five or six years, but I hoped so intensely. And I know that that like period of patient endurance that I would marry Nora shaped me into who I am. And so I guess it's just a reminder that our life of faith and our life of study is a kind of patient endurance on the basis of a promise to a future that we're not seeing at the moment. And that's what the patient discipline of study is. Uh, to stick with things when you don't see the immediate outcomes coming your way and the study of theology and the scriptures especially. So I think just to remind yourself that there's there's great work going on inside of your soul as you patiently endure this this time of unknowing, you know? And I think working towards um, emotional, spiritual, mental health in this time, I mean, it's so easy just to get inundated with all the bad news and you open up Twitter, it's just this endless stream of just negativity. And so easy right now to be in that place of anxiety and fear. I mean, so many people I'm talking to right now are just really wrestling. Like emotionally, they're kind of the equivalent of your background, Joseph, just like feeling completely <laughs> overwhelmed, you know? Consoling and, to you? Yeah. yeah it's almost yeah. as consoling as your background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I, I just think taking taking time like in our day to bring shalom, intentionally bring shalom and peace and hope to our heart, um, being in scripture, uh, picking up a good book, taking time intentionally every day to pray and just clear our minds from the noise and the narrative. And like you said, Joseph, that, that, that leads to hope. I mean, we need hope right now um, that, that Jesus is still king. Right. So Corona, I'm told, is Latin for, for king. Um, but we need to remind ourselves of who, who really is king, who's going to see us through this time. You know, Dr. Payne, what if you were talking to students right now? Indeed, we are. And they were like, Dr. Payne, I'm thinking about I, I don't know. Am I supposed to come back to college in the fall? Am I supposed to continue my studies? What am I doing? Like, what kind of advice would you have for people directly? Wow. Um, well, you know, I hope that people do come back. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know everyone's life circumstance, so obviously I can't give step-by-step instructions. Um, I know that for myself, college was a really meaningful experience, not just in terms of my own personal formation, although it certainly was for me and I know for many others, but also in terms of the future trajectory of my life. Um, I wasn't raised in a community where there were a ton of college um, attenders. And I, as an adult, I've come to see that that made a huge difference in terms of um, just the trajectory that it sent me on and not just me, my entire family. So I, I obviously, I believe in, I think all of us do, we all believe in higher education. So I hope students are able to do that. Um, and I think that if I were talking to myself in this situation, I think I would um, try not to tackle every big decision in my life in, in one day or one moment. And um, I think the hardest thing for me in life is really lengthy discernment. You know, like what is God calling me to do and how am I discerning that? And I think in, in this society and in myself, I like to make decisions quickly. It's hard to, to live in that kind of a moment of uncertainty, but I will say this as a historian, um, just morning I was I don't know if you all were thinking like this but just this morning I had this weird moment where I was like I forgot what it felt like to be around people you know because I've just been 
spent a lot of time just with my immediate family. And I realized how quickly that happened. And I think that one thing for us all to remember is even though it feels like it's been forever and it feels like it will be forever, it won't be. This, this will be over um, at, at some point in time. And so that just like a simple reminder that, that um, you know, our lives will not be the same after this. Um, but we won't always be locked away from each other. And sometimes we just need to remember that. What about you? What would you tell yourself? Is, is it just my screen or is it is Dr. Zorzi on the screen twice? Uh-oh. No, no, he's back. He was on the screen two times for just like a little bit. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. And I, I was very pleased about it. Um, <laughs> we're, we're running to the end of our time, students. And we know all of these people around me on the grid here, they have so much more to say to you. I always feel like teaching in, in a way, maybe it's just kind of a gimmick that I sometimes do in classes, but like, it's almost like you always end mid-sentence. Just sometimes I would end mid-sentence just as like a joke, like because the conversation that we're having is just not done. And I think this semester, maybe more than any other semester, any, any group of college students has ever been faced with in recent memory, you have been left kind of like mid-sentence, you know, in a weird way. And yet, and yet um, we found a way to have closure. You know, we've, we've kept the course going. You're gonna have your final exams, check Foxtail and all that stuff to figure out in your email for how that goes. And all of these other people here, um, they worked really hard to bring you lectures, debates, remember all the debates, the panels, just everything that they did to make this happen. And I'm just, I don't know, I just want to thank them all just in front of you all. I mean, we can all thank each other, but just like huge round of applause, like for all of the professors and everybody who made this class work and everybody who did this thing. I know I'll just, I'll just close here and maybe Dr. Payne has one more short closing word, but there's a Psalm that I think has become important for a lot of people, Psalm 91 because it mentions pestilence, you know? Um, Psalm 91 begins, you who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God and my trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler, you will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction that wastes at noonday. And the psalm goes on. And even though that ancient language seems weird, like pinions, like what does that mean? Like little parts of a bird's feather and the idea that God is a bird that has wings that's sheltering you. It just reminds me in this bizarre way that this faith we're taking part in and this creedal journey we've walked together. This is something people have done very, very long time ago. Yeah. We're gonna, and they're going to do this very, very, for a very, very long time, indeed eternally, in a sense, in worship to God, even after we're all gone, all of us and everyone that we know. Mm. There's something that's comforting about that, to look to scripture, to look to our tradition, and to see just a long continuity of faithfulness. We're not doing this alone. And our class, in that sense, doesn't end now or doesn't end next week. Um, but this is something that we're going to keep doing um, together, even though we're apart. I think that I, I couldn't end that better. I would just say Godspeed to all of you. Students, God bless you. Thank you.